of George Knapp listening to that UFO podcast and having one hell of a good time. Did you know that podcast advertising is way more effective than display advertising? With 67% of listeners remembering brands and 63% making a purchase after hearing them. Whether you want to diversify your ad spend, add a new marketing stream, or test out podcast ads, Zencaster's Creator Network makes it easy for brands to connect with podcasters. Zencaster's mission is to make podcast advertisements as easy and accessible to business owners as Google or Facebook. Host-read ads like this are the most effective form of podcast advertising. Zencaster works with podcasters to help create unique to them ad spots that create brand awareness and conversion. Zencaster's Creator Network is the perfect place for you to get into podcast ads and sponsor your favourite creators like me. I've worked with Zencaster now for some time and they truly put the content creators and the listeners at the heart of what they do. As a huge fan of podcasts myself, and I really mean that, I love podcasts. I often buy products or services that I find useful to me based on those pods that I'm listening to. It supports them and there's usually a good discount to go along with it. So if you're interested in sponsoring this show or another podcast with adverts for your business, go to zen.ai forward slash that UFO pod one, that's the number one, or click the link in the description and fill out the contact information so Zencaster can help you bring your business story to life. Hi everyone and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. My name is Andy and it's just me for a change. This is a breakdown, bit of an impromptu breakdown. I was hoping to get out an interview with Mr Grant Cameron, but unfortunately that's been delayed slightly at the very last minute. So as soon as Grant is available, we'll get that recorded discussing his new book, UFO Sky Pilots. AJ Javard, Brazilian researcher, was also due to appear recently, and that's had to move to next month, so those will both still happen. In that absence, you've got me, myself, and I. However, my next guest, should she still be available to appear, will be Leslie Kane, New York Times journalist and author. We've got a lot to discuss. That's being recorded this weekend, so with any luck... Something drops this week, which gives us a little something extra to dissect. However, given the chance I had some time to record set aside, I thought I'd speak to you myself and share my thoughts on some news that's happened in the last couple of days. And also, at the end of this short breakdown, I'll put on my recent interview that's not been released yet except on premium platforms with Italian representative of ICER, that's the International Coalition for Extraterrestrial Research, Paolo Gizardi. Paolo has been on the podcast before as a guest and I caught up with him just last week to find out a little update on his efforts through the United Nations and Project Titan to bring the UFO topic to that that forum and platform. So please stick around for that after I share my thoughts on a few news updates with you. And for this format, when other people aren't available, when Dan's not available, then give me a shout. Do you like the kind of one-to-one updates when they're very short and quick and snappy? I wouldn't want to sit and talk to you like this for for 45 minutes or an hour, but it's nice to have some alone time. I suppose I need to start with the delayed report, which is still delayed. That was due to Congress on the 31st of October. As I record this, that was now 15 days ago. I talked about this with Dan on the last breakdown, and since people at this point on social media seem to have simmered down from the initial annoyance at the report's lateness, it's prompted some more civil and reasoned discussions, which are always nice to see. At this early stage, regardless of any rumours floating around online, I think it's safe to say it's going to be a report that is very much in its infancy of what these could eventually be. 
Some of you may be sick of hearing it, but the fact is Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, who is heading up the team, has had a very short amount of time to put this report together. I think it's the equivalent of starting a four-year university course and on day one being told you've got six months to complete it. But you can go find the tutors and the answers to those questions for yourself before you even know what most of those questions are going to be. I feel that's the task that's currently at hand for Dr. Kirkpatrick and others. So, will we continue to wait? temper expectations and just hope it gives us a small building block to use going forward. On a related note, Graham Hancock's new Netflix series Ancient Apocalypse has prompted quite a lot of debate online. It's an eight-part series where Graham travels prominent sites around the globe that add fuel to the idea there may have been far more advanced civilizations with perhaps greater technological capabilities further back in time than we currently understand. I've only caught the first two episodes so far, but I will be doing a more thorough review once I've managed to finish the series. I'd be really interested in your thoughts if you've caught the series or just in this overall area of discussion. It may not directly be UFO related, but it's certainly worth discussing as an offshoot of the overall conversation. It's something you may have heard me dip into with guests now and again. It's certainly relevant. I definitely feel from the, the quarter of the Netflix series I've managed to watch, it's worth your time. It's beautifully shot and explores some incredible areas that more and more are thrown into the UFO conversation. Just in the first two episodes, you, you see Indonesia and Mexico. Um, and in those conversations, we hear a lot about, about our own past and our ancestry we know of may be incorrect. What has been hidden away from us by governments, by time and natural disasters over the centuries and millennia. Interestingly enough, maybe linked, maybe not, I may be throwing a pretty spurious link together here. Bigelow Institute for Consciousness Studies sent out a tweet earlier today which read, Is humanity facing an extinction level event in the near future? An important part of the BICS grants program is to fund research that considers this problem through authenticated and corroborated information that can be shown to come from senior sources on the quote-unquote other side. Interesting timing, especially given the popularity of said Netflix show at the moment. It was trending number one in the UK, I know that much. It's something I've discussed with, like I say, guests in the past, like Frank Milburn, Michael P. Masters, uh, Ross Coulter, John Ramirez and others talking about cataclysm, past disasters like that, one to definitely keep an eye on. Avi Loeb, former guest, recently set the cat amongst the pigeons with his article that dismissed the idea that reports of UAPs above the skies in Ukraine were actually nothing more likely than fireballs being misidentified, citing a lack of quality data and real evidence. Reading his latest debrief article, link in the description, he clears us up quite fairly, I have to say, and has now found himself chastised by both sceptics previously and now believers alike in the UFO community. And I'll read you a quote from Avi's article, but you should check it out. Altogether, it was a sobering revelation for me to realise that adopting the agnostic middle ground faces severe scrutiny from both sides of a polarised community. Under such circumstances, progress in our scientific knowledge is suppressed by both sceptics and believers who prefer not to abandon their premature convictions. We often complain about politics being shaped by such tendencies. I never imagined the scientific inquiry 
suffers from it as well. I think it's fair in what he says, folks. Many can get stuck on either side of the UFO argument with their own viewpoints. And while myself, from the beside of the side of a believer, as you know, I want every sighting and report to be a truly anomalous object. That is never going to be the case, though. We need to make sure that in our reactions, we don't drive away serious academics and scientists from these discussions at a time when that door is open. We really have pushed that door open to allow those those minds and different thinkers in that could make a huge difference to our discussion and the topic we love so much and that really could help us progress. Let's make sure we welcome new thoughts and thinking and ideas with an olive branch of understanding rather than a baseball bat of defence. And just before I hand over to Paolo Gizardi, I want to remind folks that virtual tickets are still available for the next inquiry into anomalous experiences and phenomena conference that is being held in New York City on December 3rd, uh, Saturday, December 3rd. Dan is going to be attending along with our friend and colleague Graham Rendell. They'll be there in person along with hosts James Iandoli, J. Christopher King, Kelly Chase of the UFO Rabbit Hole podcast and Priscilla Stone of Quantum Witch Cafe. Definitely check that one out. The The lineup is stellar. Christopher Mellon headlines with Leslie Kane, Jeffrey Cripple, Ralph Blumenthal, Sharon Hewitt-Rollett and Whitley Strieber and they've also promised some surprises in amongst there as well I can only imagine with the likes of Chris Mellon and Leslie Kane on stage there may be some other familiar faces in the crowd let alone Dan and Graham so definitely if you've not got a ticket I believe in person are now sold out you should definitely check out the live stream and they will be taking questions from the live stream for those guests as well the link to buy those tickets is also in the description well, that's all from me, folks, on this slightly different breakdown. Let me hand over to a discussion now I had with Paolo Gizardi, who is the Italian national representative of ISAR, on his efforts through San Marino to bring the UFO topic to the United Nations and beyond. Babbel is one of today's sponsors and they are the best way for you to begin to learn a new language. Immersing yourself in the language of your choice from day one through a whole range of learning styles including podcasts, games and online classes. It's available on desktop or through their app. Babbel's courses are created by didactics experts and focus on real life situations. So if you're holidaying in France and spot a UFO, you can get locals' attention quickly and efficiently. The lessons are as short as 15 minutes and fit into any schedule and can be downloaded to work on offline while on the go. With the help of everyday dialogue exercises and the speech recognition software, learners can practice their pronunciation and regular vocabulary repetition ensures that what is learned is memorised over the long term. I can already hear some of you listeners getting in touch to tell me I should really learn English given my dodgy accent. When you buy a six-month subscription to Babbel, you receive six months extra for free by using the code AUDIO1. That's A-U-D-I-O-1, the number one. Pay for six months and learn for a whole year. Get info and redeem the code at babbel.com forward slash audio. Folks, today is the day you finally decide to make a life-changing decision and learn that new language. Joining me on the breakdown at this time is former guest, he is a ufologist and Italian representative of ISER, which is the International Coalition for Extraterrestrial Research, I have Paolo Gizardi. Paolo, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Andy. My pleasure. 
it's very good to have you again and uh, you've been a busy man i interviewed you in detail about the origins of project titan back in october of last year it just happens to be it it's now one year on um, I would encourage people to go back and listen to that for full details about the project but for those who have joined us more recently and don't know about Project Titan could you summarize what it's all about sure <clears throat> well in brief Project Titan <clears throat> sorry takes the name from um, Mount Titan which is the mountain on which San Marino lies nowadays and San Marino City lies nowadays so um, in short, it's uh, a way to revive the original spirits of the Grenada 1978 initiative, led by Sir Eric Gehry, the first prime minister of the small Caribbean island. So this is the idea. I am the creator and manager of this project uh, on behalf of ICER and Kun, because ICER and Kun are the two official proposer of this uh, project to San Marino. The project calls for the for San Marino, which is a full UN member state, <clears throat> to uh, require to um, to submit a proposal to the uh, United Nations, United Nations for the creation of a new office, a small office which is uh, basically tasked with the preparation and organization of a world. Uh, uh, UFO UAP conference, which is meant to assess the point of uh, studies and research on the UFO UAP phenomenon, and of course, as uh, also as a way to encourage international cooperation, and of course, as a, as a venue for the presentation of new ideas and so on. <clears throat> a meeting point, which is very important to mention, uh, which could happen in San Marino, which is a neutral country. This is very important. So this is basically what Project Titan is for. Uh, Project Titan was set up and um, I've prepared Project Titan and it was ready almost one year ago when in September, mid-September, after the 30th International UFO Symposium held in San Marino by the Centro Ufologico Nazionale, the CUN, <clears throat> uh, when it was presented, unofficially submitted to the, a member of the San Marino government, uh, the, the Secretary of State for uh, Public Instruction and University. But, but this, we understood later that it was not the proper way to go, because, I mean, uh, such a project needed another kind of approach, another kind of um, proposing the project to the Samarine authorities. So after um, I, I started scratching my head for a while, and uh, considering that uh, we found a good number of um, people, uh, some um, citizens of San Marino, who were quite in favor, enthusiasts about, about this, this project. And uh, also, I did some research in the legal system of San Marino, and I have found that uh, in it exists an um, old institution of direct democracy, which is ba basically a popular petition. It's called Istanza d'Arengo. 
This is the name. Uh, so this istanza is a is is a popular petition which can be submitted by just one person, one person. But this is the proper way to go, because uh, once this istanza, this um, petition is submitted and must be submitted to the heads of state, addressed and submitted to the heads of state. One, once that is uh, submitted, then the heads of state have first to check that it's admissible in the sense that it must be a proposal which has a specific character of public utility. This is the first requirement. Once the two heads of state have verified that this criterion, criterion is met, then they will forward officially this uh, petition to the Parliament of San Marino. The Parliament of San Marino has to um, debate on this. It's not optional. It, the Parliament has to debate on, on this proposal, and at the end of this debatement, it will express its will through a vote. If this vote is positive, then the parliament will emit a decree, will issue a decree um, ob uh, obliging, uh, practically obliging, the, the government to act in order to fulfill what was requested in this popular petition. And what was requested in this popular petition was just one thing, very simple, that San Marino accept to participate into the action plan of Project Titan. So this is a point. So now, uh, I, I recently got the positive new that news that the um, Capitani Regenti, the two heads of state, had cleared this um, istanza, this popular petition, for debate in parliament. So now there is just one step before San Marino can uh, submit, can bring back the discussion on UFOs, UAPs, at the United Nations. And this step is the uh, debate, uh, the examination and debate in Parliament. So if this is positive, if the Parliament will uh, issue a positive vote, then San Marino will be obliged, and the San Marino government will be obliged to uh, participate in Project Titan. And if that happens, what is the impact going to be for the UFO subject? What could come of that? Well, it's it's not easy to say, actually, what, I mean, to give a, um, a forecast on this. But in any case, the idea on Project Titan, as I told you, the basic idea is to revive the spirit of the Grenada Initiative. That is, uh, to put it simply, UFOs is a world uh, matter. And as such, it has to be addressed and has to be brought to the attention of humanity's highest forum, that is the United Nations. So this is the point. Um, if this, um, if everything goes as we hope, then uh, if we will, we're going to have a first uh, World UFO or UAP conference held in San Marino. 
basically, according to the project, it will be open to any kind of actor playing in the uh, subject of research, study research on the UFO UAP phenomenon. Uh, as uh, it can be um, member states, organizations, civil, military, uh, UN specialized agencies like the. Um, uh, International Civil Aviation Organization, for instance, which is one of the most interested in this, and so on, can be and uh, will be open to NGOs, international NGOs, private organizations, and selected researchers. So, I mean, this is going to be something totally new, totally new, and um, I expect that this, if everything goes as we hope, of course, will be a huge, um, how can I say, mm, uh, it, it will be something that uh, give a good boost to the, first of all, to the credibility of the UFO subject, because of course, if the UN uh, speaks, organizes, uh, organize a UFO World Conference, it means that it's something important. I mean, I mean, ufologists know this, of course, but for the public opinions of the world, this is something very important. And and I suppose that this can, I mean, maybe the first conference will be. A bit of interlocutory, so to speak, in the sense that we cannot expect a huge results from the very first conference. But in any case, it's going to be something very important in my in my opinion, and and especially starting from the second, I think that we should be starting to see some some result concrete result my 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 least expectation is that this can serve as a way to uh, once and for all um, make clear that the ufo subject is absolutely real is absolutely important and is uh, a, a worldwide matter, and this, I think, that this is going to be the 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 minimum result results that I expect from the, from this kind of conference. And uh, Andy, I forgot to say one thing that uh, concerning the parlia parliamentary debate, mm -hmm. this, uh, according to the law which um, regulates the Istanza d'Arengo popular petition, uh, it has to be debated within six months. So, so in uh, within March, within the month of March, we should have a, a definite yes or no result. And if it is yes, the timing is right, so that Samarino will be present, uh, will be submitting this proposal to the UN Secretary General Office in uh, just before the beginning of the General Assembly, which is mid-September. Every year, the General Assembly of the United Nations starts at mid-September. So there is time because, I mean, you know, uh, again, it's not just a matter of submitting this proposal. <laughs> it's, a, it's a matter of preparing, uh, paving the way, so to speak, uh, previously with a, a sort of, um, I can say, lobbying uh, in activity, lobbying 
I mean, in the good sense, because normally the word lobbying is a bit of um, fishy, sneaky, sure. sort yeah. of. No, in, in this case, it must be, a, I mean, a positive lobbying action in order to diffuse the new, explain the reason of this uh, proposal, because, of course, you cannot, of course, uh, I suppose that most of the, of the rep representatives, diplomatic representatives uh, of UN member states in New York, they, they, they're... they're <laughs> They, they they would say, ah, what is this? Oh, UFO, UAP, what's that? So, I mean, it, it is extremely important in this case to do an action meant to um, spread the knowledge of the reasons of this initiative. This, uh, so, I mean, the timing would be right in the sense that starting from uh, end of, uh, starting in April, there was going to be, uh, almost five months of time, which is a, which is a reasonable a reasonable amount of time to do this this action. Let me ask: Would the situation with Russia's invasion of Ukraine potentially diminish the chance of this being successful if it gets through the San Marino Parliament and then it's presented at the UN? Like you say, p people can look and think, "Oh, UFOs, UAP, this is nonsense," but. Hopefully the situation with Russia and Ukraine is resolved long before then, you know, as soon as possible. But could that have an impact on this being successful at the UN? It's difficult. Honestly speaking, it's difficult to say. But I mean that as a rule of thumb, the influence could not be, very likely the influence could not be positive in the in because, I mean, there is too much, um, how can I say, uh, the environment, the international environment nowadays is very much polarized, very much the, 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 there's a lot of uh, one against the other attitude, you see, which, I mean, this, uh, this initiative of, of Project Titan, uh, by the way, is something that, I mean, is meant to, of course, is meant to study to promote the international cooperative study on the UFO phenomenon. But, but I mean, at least in my, my wish also, also uh, is that can, it could uh, somehow help uh, um, reduce this uh, negative attitude which is prevailing today, giving an opportunity for uh, confrontation from not not confrontation in the sense of negative confrontation. I mean, of uh, discussion, uh, giving the possibility of meeting, uh, of mm, talking, because it's also a matter of of persons talking to each other, not only states talking to each other. So I mean, but I mean, uh, this initiative is really something that I I hope could give at least at least a bit of uh, how can I say of fuel to this uh, possibility of uh, some uh, of of starting um, of going against this this negative attitude which is prevailing today.
Well, I just want to finish with a, a line from your own blog, Paolo, and I'll put mm-hmm. all your links and social media descriptions underneath for people to follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the enchanting neutral setting of the city of San Marino <laughs> and its Mount Titan, both UNESCO World Heritage Sites, could truly become the new Geneva of UFOs. And I truly hope that to be the case, because this is certainly a subject that could bring nations and the world together at a bit of a rocky time. So, Paolo, thank you very much for your work. And continued efforts and thank you for your time <laughs> thank you andy and i hope to see you soon with positive that news. is all for this week's show thank you very much for listening please remember to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform you can like retweet and subscribe that would all be very much appreciated the shows are being uploaded onto youtube as we speak more and more you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash that ufo podcast to access the shows ad free as well Please get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, That UFO Podcast. Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO, U-A-P-A-M. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see. It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer, a little baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shoved out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a little Imagine how it could have been any better. I got to the top of the stairs and there he was. Like, you're awake? I was about to abduct you, cuz. I jumped back and nearly kissed myself. And I climbed out the window after the elf. And I woke up in my bed and there was something on my head. And everything was weird and everything was red. And I called up my boys. They thought this was noise. They thought it was a dream. They thought it was my toys. They thought it was my problems. And I think I should see because it doesn't really scare me. If you really want to know who I think they be, I guess you and me and us and we and him and her and that and she and that thing over there and what's that, Jake?